0: Are you ready to have an open and honest discussion about sex and spiritual wellness without secrets, censorship, or barriers? This is Unbuckled with your host, Christy Ann Bella. In this program, there are no topics that are off the table, from religion to health, feelings to sexuality. Get ready to hear from some incredible people. And now, here's Christy Ann Bella.
1: Hello and welcome to what I believe is our 64th episode, uh, and the last episode of this season. So welcome. I am Christiane Bella, your intimacy architect, and this is Unbuckled. And I had a lot of ideas for this last show, but, (laughs) um, as we are recording these last few episodes, we've been recording them in real time. So, um, as opposed to most of the season that was recorded like months ahead of time with, with curated guests and everything. Um, I, I decided to just, you know, be very real and, and raw and vulnerable and, and very, uh, in the present moment with what's happening. Um, so yeah. So in real time, my, my, (laughs) my day in my house is a shit show right now. Um, My mother-in-law is here staying, which started out really good, uh, but um, there's, like, deep, 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 deep codependency stuff uh, that is triggering the ever-loving fucking shit out of me. Um, And, um, like, five minutes before I got on to do this, I'm, like, you know – in a disagreement uh with my husband about how we're navigating things um because I, i've you know I'm feeling very much like my my space isn't being honored, and um and I'm feeling very much like he he's like reverting back to to this codependency like victim hero paradigm. Um, so yeah, so it is, it is a hot mess. And, um, and what I'm noticing about this, and this is where hopefully, you know, some, some of this could be takeaways. Um, I'm noticing that, um, on the great side, my previous tendency when, when I would feel, um, unsafe in my home, um, triggered, uh, uh, feel like my world is disrupted, feel like, um, my partner is not, uh, being an ally and that there's like some kind of discourse or, um, lack of support or, um, yeah, just very much feeling like, like somebody is against me as opposed to neutral or on my team, um, my abandonment issues would kick in and i would go to the the i'll leave you first place so um so i'm definitely really proud of myself that like i saw that thought and i let it pass by i saw the thought of you know if we get a divorce, I'll get alimony. (laughs) Like I saw that thought and I was able to just kind of like, like let it pass by and just kind of laugh at it and be like, okay, like we're not going to that place, which is typically my go-to. Like, you know, um, my partner and I were trying to have a conversation last night, which so, so right there I have to, you know, own, like I broke all the rules that I typically uh, advocate people follow when you and your partner are, are having challenges and challenges communicating and need to communicate something. So, uh, typically I advise that people do this when they're rested, when they're, you know, they've eaten, right. You've gone through all your like basic needs checklist. You're not tired, you're not hungry. Um, and that you, you know, you have conversations like that, that are complicated when there's time to have them, um, to not have these conversations in your bedroom, um, especially not in bed. Um and to uh, to not have these conversations like right before you go to bed or right before somebody has to like leave or something. So I, I broke all those fucking rules last night. Um, it was like 11 o'clock, which is later than, you know, we normally go to bed. Um, and I was like, hey, do you have the bandwidth to, you know, to talk before we go to bed? <laughs> so we're in our bed. Like I, I just really um, – and I say this to you because I, I you know – I know we listen to – you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I listen to things like Sex with Emily. She says a lot of the same stuff. Uh, you know, I listen to a lot of other therapists and coaches and, um, and you know, that that we're all human. And and to the best of our abilities, we all epically fucking fail. <laughs> like, um, and, and so I get it. Like, I get how hard it is. You know, I have a wealth of tools and I've been at this for years and I epically failed. So – so, you know, have compassion for yourself when you're, you're trying to navigate this um, because you will inevitably fuck it up. But that's not the point. The point is that we keep trying and we keep practicing and we keep um, taking that step back to observe. So I'm like, okay, I observe that like, you know, that was not in my best interest to, to start that conversation last night. Um, And ultimately, it it didn't quite get resolved. There was like a little release, a little, you know, some tears were shed, some some clearing uh, occurred, but it was pretty wonky. Um, And, you know, in hindsight, right, Captain Hindsight, um, in hindsight, a, a choice might have been to say like, hey, I'm still feeling disturbed by what happened earlier I know we don't have time to get into it right now because we need to go to bed um, but perhaps we can do some chanting or some breath work or something to just kind of clear the energy um, so that we can rest can we take a moment to say something we're grateful for or or do something to just you know kind of band-aid the situation um, so you know in hindsight thats <laughs> That's typically what I what I aim to do um, and practice doing. And it it didn't happen. Um, Eventually, we did kind of get there when we realized, like, you know, here it is nearly midnight and and we both need to sleep and we're not having good communication skills because we're we're tired now on top of um, being emotionally challenged by what's happening. Uh, so I did at some point then like get out and started smudging and, and chanting and, and um, doing some Reiki work to just like shift the energy is something I've been working with a lot that I really love. Um, this wonderful woman, Maria Lucia, who is amazing. Uh, she's based in Hawaii and I had the pleasure of working with her when I was on my Costa Rica trip. Um, she taught me about this idea of um, taking all charges down to zero so just even saying it is super soothing. Like I take all charges down to zero. So this idea of you can come back to that zero point place, you know, whether you think of that as like source energy or or whatever you see that as sort of like the time before time, this zero point place. And can you bring all charges down to zero? Can you like take a moment to recognize that whatever is arising is is this temporary charge, right. In, in the current of electricity and the current of energy and the current of, of feelings and emotions, there's this charge, um, and and all charges come down to zero. And so, so I was working with that a lot, you know, and bring all charges down to zero. And it's a really wonderful practice. Um, and I often see it accompanied with this sort of like teardrop shape, um, that's like, you know, shades of, Of gold and blue and green, and just like, you know, this kind of like dropping in um, and feeling this very like sacred, soft, calm energy that's really neutral. Um, So, even, yeah, even just saying that now and thinking about it now, I'm like, oh wow, I actually already feel better about what what was happening this morning. Um, so yeah, so, you know, that practice of taking all charges down to zero because we want to be able to have clarity and perspective, um, one, so we can own our part in things and, and two, so we can actually be empathetic and have compassion and, and have understanding and seek to, to see other points of view and not, get caught up in, in just our own story and our own needs. Um, and I was having a funny moment thinking to myself this morning, you know, um, a show that I totally got hooked on is, uh, never have I ever on Netflix. And it's this really funny show. Um, Mindy Callahan, I think is her name is the writer and creator. I think it's kind of maybe loosely based on her teen life. Um, and, uh, and anyways, the, the main character is kind of like this narcissistic teenager who's, you know, she has a lot of trauma. Her dad died. Uh, so she has like this trauma that she's navigating, but she's pretty self-centered and, um and, you know, and her friends are going through something and she comes like in, you know, she's like, I, I have the bigger shit. Like my shit is bigger. <laughs> and, that's, um, and it was funny because at the same time, that that thought's um, running through my head, I, you know, I decided to pop on TikTok for a second to also try to like redirect my energy to find something like positive. And, uh, and this woman was talking about, you know, emotions like poops and how you need to like let out your shit and, and, you know, have that compassion that there may be more shit. And like, can you find a safe, comfortable space in a way that isn't, Uh, shitting on anyone else, right, that you're, you know, dealing with your own shit. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, I was definitely feeling, you know, feeling like that, that, you know, where's, where's the space for me? And it can be really challenging when we're in a situation where both partners um, or all partners, you know, uh, depending on what your dynamic is um, or housemates, even for that matter, um, that everybody is, is running on, on fumes or is running, you know, with, with a, a very highly charged or frayed current. Um, so yeah, so, you know, I, I can see in hindsight and, and, and taking a step back that like, okay, you know, my husband is challenged. He feels torn between, um, uh, me and his mother and like trying to make everybody happy and, and feeling like that that's a no win situation. um, you know, and he's dealing with his own stuff. He has his own projects and and things that are happening in his life that are going on. Um, but you know, my, my inner world was feeling very like in, in desire of support and in desire of, of cheerleading and encouragement of like, oh, we're recording the last podcast episode today and, um, and other things that are happening. And, Um, and just really wanting to, to feel a sense of connection and celebration and, um, and like awareness. And, you know, instead we, we got into a dispute this morning over peaches. Um, and that is like, you know, when you step back, it, it seems hilarious to me now. Um, and I can recognize my part. So, you know, I'm, I'm sure we've all had something like this and I'll just kind of give you the rundown, um, I had, you know, gone shopping and bought stuff. So I'm going camping this weekend and, um, which will, will be great. Cause the, you know, Marcin and his mother will have time to themselves. Um, and, uh, one of the things I bought was this bag of peaches that had already started to go bad. So my plan then, instead of taking it with me, camping, you know, peaches whole intact, I was going to like turn them into some kind of compote and make some sort of like fruity thing. So, This morning when I walked into the kitchen and I see some of the peaches are in a pot, I immediately, you know, and I recognize where it's, you know, it's my, you know, spectrum, autism uh, aspect of self um, that when I have something in my mind, if I see that, like, the plan has been changed, I get very, like, I, I... very Rain Man-esque. And I'm, I'm, you know, like where, why is this happening? Like I get like super, like I'm, I'm, you know, something is happening that I didn't plan for that is affecting the plans that I did make. Um, it brings up all kinds of attachment stuff, all kinds of like needs for control and safety and routine and, and structure that were already feeling triggered by having somebody else in my space and having to like navigate, um, my space in a way where it's, it's being shared with someone. Um, and it's, it's a challenge, you know, like it's a challenge on so many levels. It's challenging me because I'm still grieving the loss of my own mother, um, with our, you know, disconnectedness. It's barely even been like two weeks or something since my grandmother died. Like I'm, you know, I'm still deep in the process, processing of like mother wound stuff. And here's this woman who, um, is is very sweet and very kind and and um, definitely making efforts to to be generous uh, and mothering um, but there's a language barrier so that's you know that's certainly a challenge. Um, and you know I have a great deal of empathy where you know the burden of that barrier falls more on her because she can speak some English. I speak very little polish. Um, and so, you know, in reflecting of like, okay, what can I do? I was like, I can certainly try to work harder on Google translator and like make, make an effort to communicate. Um, but yeah, you know, there's this part of me that because I see how deeply entrenched these codependent patterns are, I'm very reluctant to want to actually have any kind of connection because I feel like, you know, (laughs) I'm dealing with a dysfunctional mother who I can't have any kind of connection with because, you know, she's a disaster. Um, So, uh, you know, I'm not super enthusiastic about like creating a bond with somebody who like just like red flags of codependency. Um, So there's that hesitance um, as well as, you know, my own like safeguarding of self of, of just like still like, you know, working on how I'm in relationship with women and how I trust women and how I show up as a woman and, um, and how I relate to other women. And, and so, yeah, so I was very triggered this morning, you know, cause when I, I immediately, um, you know, I went to an accusatory, Defensive place Like so I saw the peaches In the dish And I was like What's happening With my peaches Um And And then I Caught myself And I tried to like Back up And I was like It's fine You can just do Whatever you want With peaches I'll get more peaches Um Which was still like Defensive And um Um And My husband Chimed in And was like Well what do you Want to do Like you know Let her help you And I'm like You know I don't want any fucking help. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm not trying to get somebody to like help me cook peaches right now. Like it's something, you know, um, and I was really, really triggered, uh, when he came back and said something along the lines of like, you know, like it's not rocket science to cook peaches or something. And I just, that really set me off. Cause I felt that was super, super condescending and just like a real like dick response. Um, and so I just, like, didn't – I just left the room. I was like, I cannot even, like, respond to that. That was so rude. Um, and and so, you know, I, I think she just put the peaches back in the kitchen or in the refrigerator because she could tell that it was, like, weird. So that was just, like, super awkward um, and uncomfortable. Um, And I went outside to like try to discharge some of my anger and my frustration and come to a place where I could sit and witness like, okay, you know, I came into this defensively like, you know, I could have asked like, hey, or I could have stated my needs. I could have stated my needs like, hey, you know, observing. Right. I noticed you have the peaches in the pan. Um, I wanted to let you know I was planning to do something with them. You know, I'm happy to give you those peaches to use. Like, I want you to feel comfortable and at home to enjoy whatever you want and, and to feel at ease here. Um, You know, if, if you don't have to eat the peaches, <laughs> that would certainly be my preference because I really don't want to go back to the store. Um, but, you know, just trying to come to some sort of place. And it's challenging because a lot of that would be lost in translation. So then, you know, it either has to be a conversation I'm having with Marcin there to like translate or we have to kind of like navigate our way around it. Um, but yeah, you know, I definitely recognize where like, okay, I could see I was triggered and I responded from a very triggered way. Um, and, and unfortunately, because Marcin is also not doing well, um, he did not, like course correct either, instead of, you know, taking that opportunity to diffuse the situation and to come in with compassion and understanding or any sort of like empathetic, emotional awareness observation, he resorted to his low hanging fruit, which is just to be a dick and make some snarky comment. Um, and we all have those tendencies, right? We all have like our, our you know, our like lowest operating system, the, the low hanging fruit of our emotional bandwidth um, that is there out of safety. Right. Like, he, you know, he's doing what he needs to do to feel safe, um, to try to like protect his mother and to try to, uh, you know, squash the situation and like put an end to it. Um, but, you know, it, it, it did not land well at all. Uh, so, you know, um, then when I circled back around him to ask him to apologize, um, he was still very much like holding on to the, you know, the I'm right and who's wrong. Um, and that is like the kiss of death in communication. The minute we get to any place where there needs to be a right or a wrong, um, it's it's ruined it's it's like you really have got to let go of that for any actual communication to happen for any actual like listening and heart expanding connective it's it's got to <laughs> it's got to come from this place of like we are just examining what is we are examining what is and no one is right or wrong but we're examining what is and we're examining what is for the purpose to discover how we can adjust and align differently uh, going forward, right? So we're examining what is um, in a very objective way without judgment. There is no right or wrong. Um, There's an acknowledgement of what is or isn't working within boundaries and constructs, you know? And so it's not a boundary I need to really address often because it so infrequently shows up. But yeah, I absolutely have a boundary about like being talked to in a way um, that is condescending. And, uh, you know, and that's where we start to split hairs about right or wrong, because then it's a matter of opinion. You know, it's a matter of like, you know, whose truth is right. And um, I saw this hilarious meme the other day about Byron Katie. So Byron Katie, Um, has been at this new age communication, healing, processing stuff for a long ass time. Like I think since like the eighties or something. Um, And if you look up Byron Katie, you'll find what she calls the work. And the work is this script that you lay out of like, is it true? And the meme was really funny because it was like Byron Katie being pulled over by a cop. And it's like, is it true? How do you know it's true? Is it absolutely true? (laughs) um, And that's the thing when we go through that, when we go through this, like flipping the script and, you know, we have all this story about like this person did this thing, they were behaving this way. So like right now, so I have this story that my husband was being a dick. Okay. So how do I know it's true? Well, I could say, I know it's true because, you know, of the way I felt of the way, like the tone uh, of the voice and the, the, the words that I, you know, I thought I heard, um, But do I absolutely know it's true? No, I don't absolutely know it's true because it's subjective. It's subjective to my opinion, which is running through filters, which is, you know, already uh, triggered. And so it's already bringing up stories and conjuring up things from the past and making comparisons. So I can't absolutely know it's true. And then if I flip the script, which is this is where like the work really starts to get you um you flip the script and then you you direct it like as if it was you so you know so i'm being a dick i mean how do i know that's true or not true i'm uh, certainly it's possible from his perspective i'm the one that's being a dick so <laughs> um so you know so it it sh- essentially shows us that we can't know that anything is absolutely true what we can do, though, once we kind of diffuse that and we realize that it's all stories and 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 opinions and ideas and constructs that we're creating, um, we can really get to, like, well, what is the feelings that are coming up and what are the feelings that are trying to protect the feelings, right? So I recognize that my frustration um, is trying to protect, you know, my sense of safety, my sense of feeling like – I I have space to be myself without having to um, adjust to somebody else and in this case I honestly don't like you know in this case there is a good amount of adjustment that I need to do in order to create a comfortable space temporarily for this. This living situation that we're in, because I have a guest here who has a, a their own set of of special needs, and that requires me to adjust the way I'm operating. Um, and you know what I'm trying to protect is, you know, the the fear that I can't make that adjustment um, because then that brings up sense feelings of unworthiness and, and not enoughness. Um, I'm trying to protect the, the feeling of, uh, not wanting to be, uh, rejected, right. That, you know, if I don't, if I'm, if I am incapable of making these adjustments, that then I'm the bad guy and I'm, I'm rejected. I'm, you know, I'm I'm then not lovable because I can't behave in a certain way, um, and so when we start to look at like what we're trying to protect, it softens so much. Like I can feel it in my body just talking about it. Like how much you know softer and and how much more compassion there is, um, because then we can also see that you know other people are are equally operating from a place of trying to. Um, protect i mean it, you know it's like our fight or flight mode is so <laughs> at least especially if you have any kind of trauma so i think that's you know that's the confronting thing about a lot of this too is um so my mother-in-law like myself had a pretty shitty childhood um not sexually abused but like physically abused and verbally abused and and much like me, made to be like the, you know, indentured servant of the house, like made to like raise and take care of her uh, younger sibling and um, and take care of the house and like do all these things. Um, and so and she, you know, I, I understand like where the, the deep codependency comes from, because, yeah, she, you know, her her parents gave her to like live with the grandparents until they had their second child and then they brought her back to like parent that child and like and like be like the mother of the house, so um so very s- like closely aligned trauma wound stuff with like mother energy and and abandonment and and all of that, um and so I absolutely get it. You know, I get that like like Marcin is like the only child, so it's like you know, and and since his dad passed away, it's just the two of them, and so. Um, and they don't get to see each other very often. so i've I've really tried to accommodate and make for space and allow, you know, for them to like do their thing and for me to just have my own independence because i'm I'm very good at that. In fact, that's where I think you know my challenge comes in is is I'm very much like i I can don't need anybody. I can do all of this on my own. I don't you know, um, so I can eat by myself and I can make my own, you know, Um, and so what's been super triggering for me, like last night, um, so we all we had a lovely afternoon. We went out on the boat, we had lunch on the boat, so we had lunch, you know, a a really light lunch, just kind of like boat snacks, at like one o'clock. It's now seven o'clock. I'd been working and doing stuff and I was like, oh my God, like I need to stop and eat. Like I had a moment where I was like, I can't even like function anymore. Like I need to eat my blood sugars low. Like I haven't had anything to eat for like six hours. And I asked her if she was hungry. And instead of telling me whether or not she was hungry, she responded with, you know, I'm, I'm waiting for Marcin. And I was like, wow. So like, you can't even gauge how you're feeling you're just like default to like you know I can't do anything until this person um and proceeded to stand and like like look out the door until his car pulled up and i was just so triggered um because i've i was triggered on many levels um i was triggered uh one <clears throat> having felt so much neglect in my life to to witness somebody being like on the other side of the pendulum and be like so deeply entranced. There's the part of me that feels gypped out of like, wow, nobody ever cared that much about me. But then there's like the other part of me that has this deep knowing about self-awareness and and the ability to to be able to understand what my body's needs are and wh- where I'm at. And, you know, um, gauge my own sense of feelings that to like watch someone so detached from themselves and so, you know, entwined with somebody else was like, just really hit me, um, in this way that I was just like, I want to shake you and like (laughs) scream at you and be like, think for yourself, feel your own fucking body. Um, and And so, yeah, so I recognized where like my judge kicked in, and my like wounded child kicked in. And it was just like really hard. So I just i I had to just kind of ignore her. and And I proceeded to just make food. um and and it just happened to work out timing wise that by the time the food was done, my my husband was home, and we did all eat together. Um, but it was very awkward. and and I just couldn't help but like keep replaying that moment in my head of like, Oh my God, like you're not here with yourself. Like, you know, um, and, you know, and it, it's equally frustrating too, because I saw that with my grandmother and my mother and countless members of my family. Um, cause it's, it's something very much like, Ingrained in you, you know, um, as part of this idea of like keeping the peace in your family and keeping the the men happy and keeping tempers at bay um, that you just like cater like you really lose sight of, of who you are and what your needs, desires, wants, boundaries are and you live entirely for this other person. Um, and so then there was this other part of me that had a great deal of like pity and, and, and like, wow. So, you know, you, you spent like the majority of your life with your husband living, you know, the way he wanted to live and now he's passed and, you know, you're just barely finding your footing to, (laughs) to have some sort of autonomy and sovereignty and, and be connected to your choices and, you know, Immediately, just kind of throw that all out the window and and revert to um to to you know playing out this this uh, codependent thing now with your son. Um, and so yeah, so it just you know brings up a lot of a lot of stuff for me um, that you know it's like we can't change how anyone else is behaving. Um, so all I can do in that observation is, you know, is have a great deal of empathy that, you know, this person has gone through a lot of challenges in their life and they are navigating as best as they can. Right. Like Brene Brown says, can we err on the side that everybody is doing their best? Um, and and that goes for me, too. You know, like I'm doing my best right now to navigate um, a challenging situation with as much grace as I can possibly muster. Um, because I do have empathy for the fact that like, here is this, this person in, you know, a country they've only ever been in like once before. So, you know, you're in an entirely different country and city, uh, where, you know, the native language is not your own. And you're kind of like stuck in this, (laughs) this space. Um, where, you know, you have limited time with with your child um, who you really miss and want to see and, and want to be close to and want to connect with. Um, and so just trying to, like, allow, you know, what would that, how can I, without matching down? And I think that's, you know, that's one of the biggest challenges for me here and why I think my my judge and my my sense of like repulsion about the whole thing really kicks in so hard is because, you know, I, I can recall in my previous marriage like dancing around and entertaining and, you know, and, and, and realizing like, hell no, like, I'm not gonna, you know, um, cater to this person's needs. And I'm not going to like live my life based around like them. Um, but you know i i swang it to the other way where like you know i didn't feel like i could I, I actually trust my my ex-husband and and we didn't really have a close relationship we lived like very separate lives because there wasn't this um the difference between like i'm showing up alongside you for us to enjoy things and and for us to come together it was more like I'm gonna show you I don't need you because I don't wanna end up in this other boat that I've seen <laughs> where, you know, I, I watch women drown um while they're, you know, throwing their husband or kids life vests. So you know, taking a moment to, define like, well, what is the balance that I want? You know, what, what is the, the interconnectedness? Right. Um, because I understand that codependency has a bad rap and, you know, and a lot of people, um, or bring up really valid points about how we are social creatures. Like we do need each other. It isn't that we don't need other people. We absolutely do. We absolutely, it takes a village. Like we absolutely do need people. We are tribal beings. Um, But it's, it's a different approach to like, I don't know who I am without you versus like, I, I know who I am and I know I want I'm choosing to be with you and be engaged. Um and that's, you know, that's ultimately what I want to try to create and and practice in my own life. Um and so, yeah, so when I see you know, my my fear is like, oh my god, will I will I revert to that or will, you know, is this what's expected? Um this sort of behavior. Um And so one of the last times we had something similar to this. Uh, When Marcin and I were like first together, we weren't even married yet. We were like just barely been dating a few months or something. Um, His ex-wife and him had been a part of this um, musical production uh, and there was still like a few shows left to do, and one of the shows that was left was in Asheville, so it's like a, like an eight hour drive or something. And so, we decided to go uh, with his ex wife, her n- new child that she had with the person that she um, she had left. Marcine went and had a kid with somebody else, uh, and so so we have his ex wife, the the baby, me, and, and Marcine. Um, and watching how he, you know, played out the same way. He's kind of playing out with, with his mother. Now this, like this idea of like, this woman is the victim and she needs all this help. And like, you know, did she eat? Is she okay? is Um, and I was like, you know, your ex-wife has been living in Florida for months with this baby. Like they're both still alive. Clearly they know how to fucking function without you. So like, why are you behaving this way? Um, You know, and I recognized even then it was very triggering for me. Um, One, because it's such a funny thing. Like, it's that double edged sword of like, I don't want anyone to treat me like I'm some sort of like invalid who, you know, victim woman who needs help. Um, But at the same time, my inner child. It still has a sense of longing for like somebody who would be that invested and care that much. And this is where it can get so complicated when we start to get into relationships with people and we are trying to like re script and play out in, in a different way the the shitty things that happened in our childhood. Um Because we'll either like repeat that pattern or we'll rebel against it. And so it's finding that, you know, that zero point neutral space where, you know, there aren't any charges and you you're actually like making choices out of clarity. Um, and really even more than making choices, like you're really allowing for divine alignment and direction and, and that like deeper intuitive knowing to create guidance. Um, And so, yeah. So, you know, it was a very challenging trip. Um, and, and I realized how far I've grown because at the end of that trip, I, you know, I came home and I threw stuff in a bag and I was ready to leave. I was like, I am not staying in this relationship. Um, I immediately went to like, I will abandon you. And so at least, you know, this course around, um, here we are, however many, like, you know, nine years later, um, and, and something similar shows up, um, that I'm like, okay, you know, there hasn't been any like, uh, screaming or yelling. There's definitely been some like irritated tones and and frustrated, uh, conversation. Um, you know, I, I was able to let go immediately of that thought of like, I would just leave. Um, and so, you know, releasing a lot of the abandonment, um, ideas uh as defense mechanisms um so sinking deeper into the vulnerability and and that is you know one of the most challenging things is like when we don't feel safe to feel vulnerable and yet we're longing and craving vulnerability as the means to feel close and connected um and so, so much of it comes to like, you know, can you sit with yourself and really be honest about like, what do you have to give? What is it that you want? And and how, you know, can you meet with the other people around you with what they have to give and what is it that they want? Um, and so, you know, it's it's an ongoing thing. And, and, and that's, you know, that's the challenging piece is like, these aren't just like, Oh, we had this conversation and now it's all resolved or, um, or look, I, you know, I, I remembered <laughs> to course correct this time. Um, so, you know, so we don't ever have to worry again about like not doing that. Um, and course correcting is something I, I got from Marianne Wilmondson and a course in miracles. And, um, and I feel like it's probably even part of Gabby Bernstein's work too, because she very much follows along with the Course in Miracles. The idea that you you course correct, you return to love. So in that moment of fear, when um the scared, insecure anger, or what you know, whatever your defense mechanisms, whatever wherever your fight or flight takes you, when you, you begin to feel fearful. Um, and you start to withdraw and you start to contract is the, the idea that you could course correct, that you could shift instead, um, to a place of compassion and love and expansion and, um, and, you know, something that Esther Hicks talks about. And, um, my boyfriend Adam brought up to me once that was really helpful. Um, is, you know, it's sometimes not that easy because there's a lot of, Feelings in between fear and love. Like, it's not just like a, you know, one to the other. Like, there's often many layers that you need to go through a sort of rung of emotions that you need to navigate through in order to get there. But if you can, and this is where, you know, I've been journaling and I've been doing like audio notes and stuff to just kind of discharge some things so I can get from fear through frustration and through anxiety through uh you know uh like returning back to some sort of sense of safety and control and then like releasing another layer of fear there um to slowly get to a place of like okay I can maybe be neutral and I can maybe even go into a place of, of loving compassion um and sometimes course correcting may just look like like not responding with that first thing that comes into your head, because the first thing that comes into your head is, is likely not, (laughs) not coming from an expansive loving place. If you're triggered and you're um, agitated, like the first thing that typically comes into our head is, is a fight or flight response. So if in those moments at the very least you could do is just, you know, be, be the observer and say like, Hey, I am super triggered right now. And so I just, I feel like it's better if I just go take a moment because anything I say is, is not gonna, it's not gonna go well. Um, and you know, and it is, it's, 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 you know, in that moment when, when the feelings are heightened, it's, it's really challenging. And that's why it's so important to do the work. Um, not just Byron Katie's the work, uh, but, all, but in general, like, have a practice. So, you know, I, I certainly recognize that, that my fuse is a lot shorter because I have not been as diligent with, you know, having my own meditation and like doing my, my morning routine. It's been a little laxed here and there. Um, and so, you know, I'm, I'm not spending as much time in that calm neutral place. Um, so then it's harder to get back there when I'm triggered and I'm falling further when I am triggered. Um, and so, you know, I'm really recognizing the deep, deep, deep importance again of something, you know, I, I, I do my best to practice what I preach and, and, and I'm really am living right now why that is so vital. Um, because when I am meditating and when I am, Doing all my practices to to center my mind and to help my nervous system and to, to clear emotional charges and to be in this neutral place, then I'm I'm much better equipped to navigate when something like this arises. Um, so you know practicing our emotional well-being as it's it's really like these deposit investments that we do for ourselves on the daily you know it's it's that 3 minute meditation it's that few minutes walking outside on the grass it's you know whatever that looks like for you but these are vital in order to keep that sense of stability within that allows you to navigate the world around you in a much smoother way. So um, we have got about 10-ish minutes left here. Um, it has absolutely been truly, truly such an honor. I'm excited to see what possibly comes of another podcast season. Um, not sure where things are going. Still kind of Debating on uh, where and how I want to invest my time. My um, online social media app uh, that I created through Mighty Networks. So, so through Mighty Networks, if you look up uh, the Pleasure of Possibility or Pleasure Posse, um, I created a Uh, independent social media network where people can share more freely uh, about sex education and desires and fantasies in a very sex positive place, um, with a, a lot of very spiritual and, and connected people who are showing up, um, in their own practices. And it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful community that we are continuing to grow. Um, and so that is a big focus of mine and, um, I definitely encourage you to, to hop on and take a look at that and join us there. Um, pleasure of Possibility through Mighty Networks is a great, great way to connect. Um, and then I, uh, yeah, I'm, you know, summer is here. I'm definitely excited to be doing a lot of workshops and events I tricked out my home studio. Now has a steam room and a yoni steam, um, anal steam option. So, if you want to come and do a little staycation here, a little mini uh, vacay retreat, um, the home space is is really um, a beautiful space to to come and nest and uh, and do some mermaid mermaid work. I've been doing a lot of like water air work. I feel like the transition from um, us moving from the Pisceanian age to the Aquarian age is very much about this like place where the water meets the air and the rain and the mist and the steam. Um, so I'm feeling very inspired to, to do that work and hold that space. I feel like it's very connected to the second and fifth chakra, the way our, our creativity and our sexuality and our expression, our voice, our sound. Um, and so there's a lot of powerful things coming there. Um, and wherever you are, you know, just to, to really take a moment to be in gratitude with yourself, right? Gratitude is such a game changer when we are feeling, um, emotionally vulnerable or we're feeling, uh, like discombobulated, disconnected, um, to come to a space of gratitude. And so I'm grateful for this podcast, I'm grateful to have the opportunity to share and tell stories and, and be transparent about life and processing and healing and growth and sex and spirituality and unbuckling things. Um, because I do truly believe that our, our conversations and our communications and the stories we tell and the, the ways that we share and show up, um, empower each other that you know it really reminds us that we are all no one is alone we are all navigating this in our own way and that we are all worthy of love that we are beings of love um, and that nothing no amount of of drama and bullshit in our lives can can negate the fact that we are beings of love um, and so just to be able to come into that space of gratitude, you know, I'm, I'm grateful that I live in a big enough house that everybody here has their own room. If they really want to be by themselves, they can. there's a room for them to go in. Um, I'm grateful that I have an amazing yard so I can connect with nature and I can be outside to help me ground, to help me get more clarity and more perspective and um, and remind me of of you know the beautiful workings of it all um you know is truly it's truly a gift and and I uh, I do not take it for granted I really have a reverence for my life and for everything that's in it even the challenging moments because it gives me an opportunity to continue to evolve um and know that I am doing my best and I'm continuing to evolve that both things are true so Ah, four minutes to close. I think let's finish with a chant. Um, there's a chant that I love, and I think it's a wonderful reminder of, you know, the the ebb and flow and that everything is everything. and um, so it's a de such, such, Hebe such, Nanikaho, C such. That which was true in the beginning is true through all time. It is true now, and um, yeah, and that that truth being that that we are beings of love, and that 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 space of of, of zero point energy is is really real, and um, and we can return there and come to this neutral space um, to begin to trust and to flow and to have that grace and to move with love. So. Here we go.
2: A de such, ju such, hebe such, nanik ho sebe such, ad such, ju such, hebe such, nanik ho such, ad such. Juga de such hebe such nanak hose such a such juga de such hebe such nanak such a such juga de such hebe such
1: And alternate nostril breathing is another wonderful way to just really reset the mind and bring a sense of balance and harmony. So you just kind of toggle between one nostril and the other, like inhaling through the left side and then exhaling out the right side and then you inhale through that same side then you exhale the opposite side. And so alternate nostril breathing is a great way that's something I'll I'm going to practice after I wrap up here and uh yes, and just really, you know, the breath, the breath is such a wonderful gift that we have. I mean, it is it is our prana, it is our life force, it is our energy. And, and to play with the breath is such a wonderful healing option. All right. Well, that wraps it up for me on our 64th episode of Unbuckled. Wow. What an amazing, amazing time. So, 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 so grateful. I love you all. Find me on Instagram, intimacy underscore architect. You can uh, email me at intimacyarchitect at gmail. check us out on mighty networks the pleasure posse i love you all i'm so so grateful for this opportunity to share and inspire and empower and be real uh this is life life in motion life unbuckled i am christian bella your intimacy architect and i wish you all the joy and blessings in the world you are love
0: Thank you for listening to Unbuckled. You can join Christy Ann Bella for another program with amazing guests, stories, and advice every week on the Voice America Variety Channel. Be sure to check out our new show coming soon. How much sound you hear all the time? Noise, music, your own heartbeat. What is it made of? How does it work? How does it affect you? The universe of music takes you into the particles of life and the beat of living. It is an interactive online masterclass of music and science taught by the internationally renowned musician and scholar, Dr. Marcin Bella. Visit theuniverseofmusic.com. That's theuniverseofmusic.com.
2: Are you tired of having the same fight over and over again? Is it hard to remember a time when you felt close to each other? Before you call it quits, do you want to do something to rebuild that spark of intimacy? Of course you do. Ignite the passion like never before with intimacy architecture. Text 626-310-5159 to set up your relationship consultation. Again, text 626-310-5159.